welcome to the Newtown Big Dreams Podcast, an interview-style talk show that's your gateway to the fabulous and fascinating people who relocated to start a new life. Whether you're new to our podcast or your city, our fellow neighbors from across Canada, North America, and the entire English-speaking world share their stories of reaching new horizons and big dreams. So sit back and relax as we navigate in-depth and intimate conversations with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, executives, creatives, and anyone who can share their story about their new town, Big Dreams. And now, here's your host, Luke J. Menkes. Okay, good afternoon, everybody. I am here in Kelowna, British Columbia, and it's about 12.30 p.m. here on the West Coast. And today I'm with Dr. Marissa Schwartz, and she's in Morganville, New Jersey. Now, Marissa is the founder and CEO of Dr. Rissi's Writing and Marketing and Gen Z Publishing LLC. Dr. Rissi's Writing.com is a marketing and writing company and it's ranked number one in PR and top 10 in social media and SEO for New York and New Jersey on Thumbtack. Gen Z Publishing is a publishing company that has produced six Amazon bestsellers. Dr. Marissa holds a doctorate in literature from Drew University, and she has a master's in communications. She has been featured on Forbes, MTV. She broke a Guinness World Record for creating the world's longest chain of bracelets. She is a best-selling author. She speaks professionally about inspiring others through words and entrepreneurship. And she was named the voice of Generation Z by a community magazine by Community Magazine. She seeks to inspire others through words and a positive attitude. Marissa, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. So you're in Morganville, New Jersey. Uh, Mm -hmm. Is there a big city that that's near? And what is Morganville like? Yeah, it's actually pretty neat because we, I'm five minutes away from a train to New York and it's a 45 minute train ride. So I'm pretty close to New York. I'm also pretty close to Philadelphia, um, probably about an hour and a half by car there. So pretty close to all the, the major East coast cities. Um, but the beautiful thing also is my neighbors are alpacas and cows. Like it's very rural here, but at the same time, if I drive 10 to 15 minutes South, I'm at the beach. So like I have the best of every world where I'm in drivable distance to, you know, the beach and to the train to New York. And I still get to live in like, I live on two acres. So it's a rural kind of area. I've lived here for three years and I love it. I grew up though. um, I've always lived in New Jersey. I'm the sixth generation of my family to live in New Jersey. So Mm -hmm. I grew up in Woodbridge, which is more city-ish. So it's, I like the more laid back, slow mentality here. It's really, it's a, it's great. That sounds super great. I love the, uh, you know, the countryside, but being close to the city at the same time. What made you decide to move there three years ago? Yeah. Um, well, first off, I live five minutes from my parents. I'm super close to my parents. So uh, they drop their puppy off at my house every day on their way to work because I work from home and they don't. Uh, so mm. we have that and, you know, home cooked meals from mom. That's always great. Um, mm. But also, I do just really like the fact that it's rural, but I'm still in the middle of everything. Um, and I fell in love with the house that, that I live in. So that was <laughs> another big reason where, you know, I haven't seen a house like this in, in other areas. So, yeah. Nice. 
So um, it's April 26, 2021. Uh, it'll be a few wow. weeks before people hear this. Uh, what is the situation there with uh, the lockdowns with the COVID stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Of First of all, I, I just, when you say April 26, that sounds so late. I'm like, it wasn't just 2020. <laughs> My gosh. Right? But yeah. So uh, we have an interesting mix of folks. So myself, I've been extremely conservative with this. Barely have left my house in the past year. What is it? 13 months. Um, but you have other folks who my neighbors, you know, they just had a big party. They have tents all up. I'm like, really guys, uh, technically you're not supposed to like, you can have gatherings if they're socially distanced of like 50 people in your mm-hmm. backyard. But as far as like restaurants and things like that, I think they have outdoor dining. They have like 25% capacity. Uh, gyms have opened back up to like 25% capacity. Um, mm. But you have some people who think they're invincible. They're like, oh, I'm vaccine. That's it. I don't have to wear a mask. And that's the scary part where we're at, where, you know, yeah. just because you have a vaccine doesn't mean you're invincible. Um, personally, I haven't gotten a vaccine yet because I work from home. I'm fine, you know, just kind of quarantining myself. I don't need, like, I'm not like a, a, somebody who's a teacher working with children or somebody who works in like a hospital. I feel they should have, you know, the, the spot yeah. first. So for okay, myself, yeah. I'm pretty much just quarantining myself. I'm going to let the people who really need it get it. And yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. You you work from home. So mm-hmm. sounds like it's not a big issue for you. So it's that's not. really good. But yeah. I'm always curious because I talk to people from all over the world and it's very different state to state. Mm-hmm. Parts of Canada are very different. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's interesting to to know what people are going through. So tell us how setting goals has helped you in your life, in your business, Marissa. Yeah, I've been a big goals person since I was a kid. Um, the first time I can really remember like being all in on goals was when I was 12 years old. I made a a goal list, like a bucket list. Uh, I was sick for a year and there were a lot of things I couldn't do. So I wanted to be able to do them now that I had the time. Um, so I made this, this list of just crazy things that a kid would want to do, like, you know, singing on national television or breaking a world record, being on a billboard. Like these are childhood kind of dreams that an adult would be way too serious to ever think of. But I did at 12. And because I, you know, was so passionate about the items on the list. I wound up crossing off those things on that bucket list. And ever since I did that, like these things that who would think you could actually be on a billboard in Times Square? Like that's such a weird thing, but I went after it and I got it. So it showed me the power of wanting to do something and then going for it. If you don't acknowledge that dream, you're less likely to go for it. So I've been such a huge proponent of goal setting and going after it. So then once I started my business, you know, I, I had, plans. I, I wanted to, you know, with my book, my uh, book publishing company, for example, you know, I knew, okay, I want to have at least a bestseller, you know, our first year, I want to have a book turned into a movie, like things like that have always guided my paths. Uh, same thing with the house. I had a goal. I want to get a house when I get my doctorate, like, you know, mm-hmm. things like that, the goals they they help. It's, it's like a lot of people talk manifestation, all that, and that loses people because they think, oh, that's hoodoo, you know, kind of, yeah. but it's, there's a, there's a science behind it. And that science is actually realizing what you want and then working towards it since you actually know and have acknowledged what you want. That's right. Yeah. I've always yeah. thought the law of attraction is scientific. It's not yeah. this kind of woo woo thing that people think, because <laughs> if I really want something and I write it down and I think about it, I'm going to notice things that bring me closer to that. I'm just going to yeah. notice things, right? Because yeah. my brain is focused on that. So I'm going to see opportunities and steps I can take along the way 
just because I have that clear goal in mind. Exactly. Yeah. So was that how you got started at such a young age, just setting goals since you were 12? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I, I did also luck out a little bit. Like when I was uh, in high school, my friends were getting jobs at the mall that they hated. And I realized I don't want to do something that I don't like. And I knew I like writing. I like singing. So my mom actually wound up founding this. My mom found this article about freelancing in one for women's magazines. So she showed it to me. And that was what got me into realizing, oh, shoot, I can do services online. Because before that, I would sell like toys and stuff on eBay. I, I've had my PayPal account since I was eight years old. But, um, you know, I never realized, oh, I could actually use my skills and people will pay me for that online. Like that, I didn't even know that was something that you could do. So once I knew that, then I was able to, okay, so the first goal was, I don't want to get a job at the mall, so this better work. But then the second goal was, okay, wow, this really worked. Maybe I could support myself through college with this working online stuff. And then it became, hey, you know what? This is going really well, and these clients are really liking my writing. I bet if I got an expert in here to add graphics and visuals to my writing, they would like it even more. And then planning goals accordingly, like, okay, I want to hire two graphic designers by the end of this month. Like those kind of things. And that still drives my business today. Now I have 28 team members. And, you know, I, I just went over some goals with uh, one of our, our team members. You know, I we need to uh, do X, Y, Z for this client. These are our goals. We need to get them to 2,000 followers this week. Like everything in this business is about goal setting for ourselves and for our clients. Amazing. So just going back to high school, you actually published a book while you were in high school. What was the book yeah. about? Uh, it was about contests. So that's why uh, also against World Record. I thought, what's the ultimate contest to win to promote the book? So the world record is what came from that. But that was a self-published book. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know about marketing. I was 16 when I wrote it, 17 when I published it. I, I didn't know. I just wanted to be a published author. But it actually taught me a lot because then I learned about, oh, there's traditional publishing. So then four years later in college, I had my first book traditionally published. And, um, you know, it, it was, uh, yeah, it was really neat to learn how all that worked. Uh, through those processes. So I got that, you know, self-published versus traditional published uh, experience mm -hmm. under my belt. Right. Um, so I, I consider myself a really helpful person and I always want to help out if my clients need something, I'm there for them. But how do I know what they need? I don't, um, you know, I'm a bit of an introvert. So how do I find out what, what my clients need without being like interrogating or really intrusive on them? Yeah. And that's always tough. Um, definitely through conversations. I'm an introvert as well. Um, but I'll do some of my own due diligence. So for example, with me, I'm doing their social media, I'm doing their PR, I'm doing their ads. So I'm going to go onto their website and their social media and look at what they're already doing and go, you know what? They only have 500 followers. I bet you they want more followers because those followers are going to bring in more leads and clients for them. And, the, mm -hmm. and then when I talk to them, I say, hey, you should have a goal of getting 1,000 followers by the end of the month and running an ad that brings you in three conversions per month. And I'm basically telling them their goals and then just having them say yes or no, if that makes sense. So um, yeah, sometimes you, based on your professional experience, will know the goals before even they do, because some of them, they don't realize the value of say a thousand highly targeted followers. Interesting. So you help, um, writers gain followers and increase sales and things like that. Is that right? Yeah. So not even just writers. We do work with a lot of authors, um, at Dr. Rissi's, but we also, uh, have worked with many medical doctors, um, small businesses, uh, you know, doing social media ads and PR for them. 
Mm, okay. So uh, you do help a lot of authors. What are some tips for being a good author? I wrote a book 13 years ago. I'm procrastinating a lot, getting ready to start my second book. What are some tips to be the best writer we can be? Yeah, I think that the first is to give up the idea of perfection. Um, okay. That's a trap that a lot of writers fall into, and that's even where uh, writer's block comes from, is that people think, oh, my writing just needs to be so good the first time I, I, I write it, but um, it's just right. not true. And, and my first day of grad school, I had this really sweet professor say, you know, he was, it was interesting because he was always very sweet, but he was very blunt with this. And he said, you have to realize that, you know, you're not going to turn out solid gold every time. Just write when you, you know, just pick a time, spend that time, put a timer on, write for 30 minutes, just whatever comes out. And there will be something in there that you can use and you can go through and edit it and make it the way that you want. But the whole thing, the whole way to get over any kind of worries or perfection or writer's block or doubts is just to write and just mm-hmm. let whatever comes out come out. I think it's so true. For some reason, yeah. a lot of us have a creative block, or we think we do. But it's it's kind of like anything. Like if you want to get good at riding a bike or at hockey or anything, you have to do it. You have to actually yes. just do it, right? You're going to fall Absolutely. down a lot at the start, but um, the more you do it, the more natural it becomes, right? Yeah. So good habits. Um, now, you've got a team. How many people did you say? 28. Yeah, we have 28 people. Now, as an introvert, how do you keep your team motivated? Yeah, um, we do a lot of fun stuff. So I I thank gosh I was able to hire people as well to help with this. But like um, we have events and things. So uh, we just did the office trivia and we did uh, like words with friends and and fun things like that. I also hired an art teacher to come in and teach us how to draw these uh, drawings. So we do a lot of fun things like that. Um, and I also think respect is a big part of it. And I learned from, uh, some negative experiences. I had this client who just never appreciated anything. He was nasty and just not the nicest mm-hmm. guy. And that was one of my very first clients. And I always thought I never want to be like that. to the people who work with me. So yeah. I, I respect, always respect, respect and understanding boundaries. Nice. Good. So tell us about SEO, that's search engine optimization. Most people don't know much about it. Like most of us have heard of it, but how do you do effective SEO for your website or your blog or whatever it is that you have on the internet? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot that go into it, that goes into it, but I think one of the biggest things that causes confusion with people is that they just SEO sounds like such a big fancy word, such a search engine optimization. It's like, oh my gosh, that topic, that's like science. I, that's too far on my reach. But when I explain it this way, everybody goes, that's it? It's so you're hungry. You go to Google, you type it, and you'll see like five local pizza places come up under your search results. What yes. made them get there? SEO. So that's how you explain SEO people. It's just when somebody types in the words that you want your client to type in to find you. That's all SEO is. So how do you get yourself ranked up highly? Well, it takes a lot of work, but it's not as difficult as you might think. So publishing blog articles regularly, publishing on social media regularly. In fact, if you type in a famous person, type in really anybody's name. If they have a Twitter, the Twitter is like the first thing that's going to come up. So that works for Dwayne Johnson, the highest paid actor in the world, Taco Bell, one of the biggest franchises in the world. You type in their name, Twitter comes up as one of the very top results, wow. and it's because of how frequently it's updated. And SEO is definitely a numbers game, an updates game. So 
whichever platform is updating regularly, that's going to help the rankings as long as you're publishing uh, quality content. Cause that's something else. A lot of people do like SEO keyword stuffing and stuff. And we'll just like put a bunch of nonsense out there. That's not going to do anything for your rankings. But if you are writing thoughtful blog articles on your website regularly and writing articles on other websites and getting guest posts. So essentially backlinks to your website. So for example, you know, um, even doing this podcast, you'll probably put a social media post out about this. You'll probably put it on your blog, on your, uh, podcast. So then I get, what I get out of that is a backlink, which helps my SEO for my website. So when clients do things like that, that's why PR and SEO and social media, they all go hand in hand. They all help each other. Mm-hmm. Right. I've got um, a pretty good following on social media. Sometimes I post something and I get a ton of engagement and other times I don't. What is the the secret to having a great impact on social media? First off, it depends on your platform. Certain platforms like Facebook, they're so pay to play that unless you're investing in an ad, it's pretty difficult to reach a large audience unless it's getting really popular. So it's, it's almost like the, the, where a crowd forms and more people join the crowd. So if on Facebook, you have a post that got, you know, uh, a lot of likes in the first hour that you post it, you're going to get a lot more throughout the day. Whereas if you post something and it's just crickets in that first hour, you're probably not going to see that much more. Um, on Instagram, you know, your hashtags are important. So if you use a good hashtag and somebody searching a month from now, then you can still be visible there. I I like Mm -hmm. Instagram a lot. They have good, um, visibility in that way. But my favorite lately is TikTok. TikTok is where Instagram was five years ago. It's a blue ocean. Um, you know, I have video, I posted a video yesterday, the silliest video with my dad telling a joke. It got like half a million views and it's just, that doesn't happen anywhere else. And it's just because it's a blue ocean that, Mm -hmm. you know, if your hashtags are on point, if you're using the right kind of sounds and stuff, it's going to get shown to people and you can't pay for that kind of exposure. Like, you know, if I were to have put an ad on Facebook to reach half a million people, I would have spent thousands of dollars, but this cost right. me nothing except filming, you know, my father being a goofball. So yeah. it was, yeah, it's, it's really, really neat. Um, and Twitter, as I mentioned before, you know, it's a cesspool for political debate, but it is amazing for SEO. So Interesting. That is good to know. So with TikTok, um, obviously having uh, creative content that's interesting for people to watch, but you said hashtags are key to that. Mm-hmm. How do you yeah. pick good hashtags? Like yes. you said it with the pizza analogy, but if I don't have a pizza place, like I'm, I'm in a real estate podcasting, uh, how would I get the, my search results to come up? Yeah. So for something like, um, TikTok, usually you want to select three to four hashtags that are semi-popular. So maybe they'll have like 10 million views or less. And then you want Mm -hmm. one just like explosive, uh, keyword. So, you know, a hundred million, uh, views or more. Um, so maybe something like realtor that would be, or real estate, real estate would definitely be like a a higher than a hundred million. So right. that's, that's a good one. Um, but then something like, um, I don't know, uh, like real estate in, or yes, home renovation would probably have less than 10 million. So then you would do three or four like that. Um, and just thinking about what the folks are going to search for, or find you. So like for myself, um, you know, I wouldn't necessarily hashtag, um, SEO strategy, 
because the people who are searching for that are probably people who are already doing SEO and they're probably looking for like an SEO job. Instead, mm-hmm. if I'm looking to reach more clients, I'm going to type in something like, uh, I'm going to put a hashtag, something like, um, hi, uh, SEO marketing company. And then, you know, if somebody's searching to hire an SEO marketing company, they'll find us. Makes so yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Is there a website where you can see what are popular or trending hashtags? Yeah. Hashtag expert is great for that. Uh, you just have to wade through them carefully because sometimes they'll like take hashtags that were trending a couple of years ago. Like you have to use your own judgment, but they do, they are really good. I've been using them for about two years for Instagram and, um, they, and also with Instagram, you want to do like 30 hashtags per post. So they yeah. generate those hashtags really well. Excellent. Hashtag expert. You said hashtag expert. Yes. Okay, great. Um, so what is a 360 service? Yeah, so 360 is just a fancy word for all the stuff that we do that goes hand in hand. So the way that I was mentioning before, SEO, PR, and social media and ads go hand in hand. That's all 360 is. It's those four components working together. So social media regularly, you're running ads to get more leads for the social media you're doing SEO to build up your um, website and searchability, and you're doing PR to get more people to your social media and website. Nice. Excellent. So going back to high school, what was it like to break a Guinness World Record and to be featured on MTV? Yeah, um, you would say it, it was cool. But it wasn't as cool as I thought. People didn't make that big of a deal. <laughs> but it became a bigger deal the older I was where, you know, I, I think when you're in that high school bubble, like you watch TV and movies and people do weird stuff like that on television all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so the kids are just kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, that's just Marissa doing another weird thing. But it's not until something like this, like Lifetime, literally five years after I graduated high school, they did a show where they followed me around for a year when I work to break the record again that was when i finally realized oh this is a cool thing um Mm -hmm. but yeah yeah no it was it was really fun i um made 1100 bracelets chained them all together broke the world record that was fun and then for mtv uh it was my american isle experience they flew me out to hollywood and i got to sing on a big stage and uh yeah it was really fun was it uh were you nervous a little bit, but you know, I, I have been, I started out as a competitive dancer when I was three years old. My parents literally put me in my first dance competition at age three in Atlantic city. Uh, Uh, so because I started performing at such a young age, I don't get stage fright as much. Uh, it's funny though. I'm not afraid of being on stage. I'm not afraid afraid of talking to a camera. What I am afraid is like small groups. Like if you Mm. put me pre COVID, if you put me in a restaurant with like three to four people that I knew semi well, that's when I'm freaking. So it's one of the, and I always thought I was crazy for being like that. But then I watched an interview with Lady Gaga and she said the exact same thing that she can sing in front of a million people, but put her in front of a small group and she freezes. And that's, that's me for to a T. That's, uh, that's, uh, I'm very similar. I was part of a breakfast group and you got to get up and give your, you know, 30 second pitch. And I hated it. I just hated yeah. it, but I could get up in front of two, three, four, 500 people. And I wasn't nearly that nervous. So I think it's because the brain. Yeah. I think it's because you can see the reactions in a small group. You know, you you can see exactly what the thing, what they're doing when it's a big crowd, they're faceless. It's, it's really tough to see the reaction. So I think that's why (laughs) that makes sense. That's my hypothesis. Right. So Marissa, what is your best advice for others to be able to follow through with their dreams just the way you have? 
Yeah. Um, I think don't be afraid. And, you know, a lot of people say think outside the box. Um, but I actually just read Malcolm Gladwell quote today. He said, maybe if everybody has to think outside the box, there's something wrong with the box. Um, and I love that because I've been saying for years, there is no box. Don't think outside the box. Realize that there is no box. You can do whatever you want to do. If your dream, you know, if you have a dream, go for it. Um, set that goal, go for it. And too many people, they like set the dream and then they give up and yeah. Don't give up. Don't give up. So tell us about your website where we can find you and learn more. Yeah. So drrissyswriting.com. That's where I offer my 360 services. Uh, We help our clients grow online. Uh, If you're an author, getting new uh, readers. If you're a small business, getting more clients. Um, And then I have genzpublishing.org, which is my book publishing company where we publish independent authors' books. Beautiful. Well, thank you very much for your time today. I know you're an extremely busy person and uh, I really appreciate it. My listeners appreciate it. So thank you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Newtown Big Dreams podcast with your host, Luke Menkes and his authentic guests. And we love our listeners and hope you subscribe now to learn more about the amazing journeys of our incredible guests who relocated to find a new town, big dreams. And remember, make your dreams big.